You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, final hour this Friday, a mead Friday. Dan and the Dan and Stan Patrick Show. If you live vicariously through us and our Traeger Grills, Guinness Shepherd's Pie, Irish Soda Bread. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. Nobody. Coming up, we'll talk to the actor, Zachary Levi. He is uh, portraying Kurt Warner in the Kurt Warner film. He was also uh, Shazam and uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So he'll join us coming up here in a little bit. I mentioned it's a rivalry weekend of sorts in the NFL. You got the Bears and the Packers that Sunday night. Cowboys against the Washington football team. You got the Ravens and the Browns, AFC North game. That's set up for a slugfest. Raiders taking on the Chiefs. And that could have a big impact on the playoffs. Uh, Sometimes divisional games or rivalry games are tough to predict. Now, do I expect Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to be an exception? Yes, I do. That's been an easy call for a while. But that doesn't mean Bears fans can't have hope that change is going to happen sometime soon here. This program is brought to you by the great folks at Panini, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Phone calls coming up. Poll question for the final hour, McLovin. Okay, uh, this is from Paul. If you were Chip Kelly and you had the choice, UCLA or Oregon, which would you choose? So Oregon has asked UCLA for permission to talk to Chip Kelly. Now, when I mentioned this a couple of days ago, before there was any paperwork, any... uh, you know, reaching out by Oregon to UCLA. I wondered if you're Chip Kelly, Oregon is open. Mario Cristobal went to Miami. You have middle of January where there's no buyout in your contract. You're free to go if you want to. How does it get to this point with UCLA where he could be on the cusp of leaving? If I'm Oregon, do I want to bring back Chip Kelly? Can I recreate what Chip had here? If you're UCLA, are you going to pony up? Do you want to keep Chip Kelly? And I think he's been, at times, a good coach. Uh, Roughing up USC certainly helped this year. But what direction are you headed in? Are you going to be ponying up big money? Because it's going to cost you big money to keep him. Because Chip might be just saying, let me leverage this. Let me see if I can get $10 million a year. Let me get a 10-year, $100 million deal from Oregon and then use that. You know, coaches will use these opportunities to stay. Not everybody wants to leave. They all want to get paid. And this might be an opportunity for Chip Kelly to be able to stay at UCLA. The question is, and look, I've talked to Jim Mora, and I've talked to Rick Neuheisel, and they've talked about UCLA is not all in on committing to the football program. Just haven't been. You know, the facilities, you know, just financially being all in. Do they want to be all in? Have they seen enough where they go, hey, you know what? We could be a powerhouse here. Uh, you know, it's not a private university like USC. But Oregon, going to pony up the money? Does Chip want to go back there? And I don't know who else Oregon is going to be looking at. And do they want somebody different? Chip was wonderful when he was there. But the game caught up with Chip Kelly and Oregon. You know, they still do a great job recruiting, certainly in Los Angeles. And that'll, that's going to continue no matter who's up there. But if I'm Chip Kelly, do I want to stay at UCLA? I leverage this, maybe get a better deal. Or if I don't want to stay, do I have an opportunity to go back to where this all started? Yeah, McLovin. 
I didn't like when Oregon got away from their high high octane spread offense because wasn't that the uniforms and the offense all worked together and then they did they move away from what Chip Kelly built in a way the last few years? Well, you I go back to uh, Jeremiah Masoli, yeah, got Mariota. You know, you just had that great offense. I mean, they were known for their uniforms, but you know, obviously with what Chip did. That, that he created something. If you're not going to overpower, you know, you were going to outrun. And and he just had that hurry-up offense. It worked one year in the NFL. But you want to go back? Can you create something? Can you create something different? Um, I'd be curious about that if I'm Chip Kelly. I mean, it's it, it, it'd be a great place to coach again. Let's put it that way. Eugene, Oregon, absolutely. Yeah, Paul. Chip Kelly's four years at Oregon, 09 through 12. 13, uh, 10 wins, 12 wins, 12 wins, 12 wins. Rose Bowl, BCS title game, Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. I mean, they, he's almost spotless there. Their, their memories are great of him. And you get these coaches who are ahead of everybody else. We've seen this. Mike Leach at Texas Tech with his passing offense, at, that they were ahead of everybody else. Texas Tech wasn't getting the athletes that everybody else was, so it wasn't a great team, but they had a great strategy that they could stay in any game and they were going to throw the ball 50 times. You know, Chip created something here. Every once in a while, like Loyola Marymount in basketball with Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball, like you create something that's different than anybody else. The question is, how long does it take for those schools to catch up to you? And then what happens after that? Because Chip went to the NFL. And it didn't work out well. Now back at UCLA, I don't think anybody's citing his offense as forward thinking. Like, wow. It's just, you see them. They got some players. They played well this year. Uh, We thought it might be a special year the way they started. Beating USC the way they beat USC. But, you know, he might say, let me go back to Oregon. You know, I love the commitment that they have there. Yeah, McLovin. You getting any wind or scuttlebutt that there's a college coach that could be on the NFL radar that maybe creates another opening? I don't know. I remember Jim Harbaugh, people talked about that the Bears would call or something. Well, I'd have to realize who's going to get fired. Like, where are the openings going to be? Is it going to be one in Chicago? Is there going to be one in Carolina? Uh, Las Vegas is interim coach now. Yes, interim head coach. So you might have four, five openings. David Culley in Houston. I don't think there's anything guaranteed with him. Uh, Joe Judge, it feels like he'll keep his job with the Giants, at least for another year. You know, you fire the GM, you keep the coach. So you might have four or five openings there. Maybe, what if Seattle opens up? And Pete's turning 70. Is there going to be change there? Going to be change with Russell Wilson? Is it going to be change with Pete Carroll? No change whatsoever. So I think until you get that feeling of, you know, how many openings will there be? And then what coach would you go for? Because it feels like these NFL coaches probably look at going back to college because you're going to make more money in college than you will at these NFL positions. I mean, that's the reason why Cliff Kingsbury, you know, flirted with Oklahoma so that he could then go back and get an extension with Arizona. It's not like I thought, boy, Cliff's going to take the Oklahoma job. It's as soon as it happened, I said, well, Cliff will leverage this and then get a better deal with Arizona. And that's exactly what happened. One of the mistakes that everybody makes is overrating the first part of the NFL season. And 
it's easy to forget that teams do change. You know, guys get hurt, schedule gets tougher, young players improve. And but the schedule comes back to really determining what teams do. And there are a few teams that everyone wrote off, and they're suddenly winning games again. Washington football team. They're back in the playoff picture. They won four in a row. Miami Dolphins on a five-game winning streak. Tua is playing better. Colts have won four of five. Now they're a team to be reckoned with in the AFC because their ability to run the football. Niners lost a tough one to the Seahawks, but they're still very much in the playoff picture. And that's not to say that these teams will keep going because there's so much parity around the league, but the season has so many twists and turns that a few more curveballs are definitely to come up in the final month of the season. And watching last night, I guess the Vikings are a playoff team, or at least on the periphery. The Steelers, now we decide what's going to happen next year. I don't think either one of these teams feels threatening. Let's put it that way. I don't think either of these teams can put together a complete game. And we saw that with the Vikings last night. By the way, Chase Claypool is a wonderful talent. But Mike Tomlin, disciplinarian, allowed Antonio Brown to get away with an awful lot. Because why? Antonio Brown was awesome. Chase Claypool, great talent, young player. Mike Tomlin's got to reel this in. As you saw that last night, you're celebrating a first down, no timeouts left, and you cost yourself, your team, about eight seconds on the clock. Eight seconds that you didn't have to give up because you wanted to make it about you in a big catch. Then they're trying to get the ball and fumble the ball all over the place, and you know the Steelers had a chance to tie that game. I'm not going to put this on Chase Claypool it's just if you're Mike Tomlin and you talk about discipline, you know, making sure that you know, you're calling your players out, and he should have learned with Antonio Brown because win or lose, that's when you bring these things up. When you win, you still have to bring these things up. And if the Steelers won last night, is Mike Tomlin going to say to Chase Claypool, hey, come here, Let's stop this. You know, this isn't about you, it's about us. You can celebrate. How about we celebrate, not you celebrate? How about when we're leading, we celebrate, not you? Not a first down. And, it, you know, I'm watching last night. First thing I thought of is, oh, my God. Just don't let him turn into Antonio. Antonio Brown, wonderful. But at some point, something changed where Antonio Brown thought he was more important than everybody out there. Yes, he I like that Claypool's own teammate had to come up to him yeah. and rip the ball out of his hands. And, like, the body language is like, what the hell are you doing? Let's go. I know. I know. And he's a great talent. But, you know, these guys get it in their heads where it's like, uh, hey, you know, it's my opportunity. National TV. I just had a catch. Great. Get back to the huddle. How about you catch the touchdown? Then you can celebrate. But that I immediately thought of that last night. When, you know, and then he got flagged in the uh, first half. Did he get an unsportsmanlike conduct in the first half? Like right at the beginning of the game. Right in the in front of the ref. I'm going, oh, man. Yeah, film room's going to be funny, fun on that Ooh. one. Ooh. <laughs> Let's uh, take a look at the game, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mo in Arizona. Hey, Mo, what's on your mind today? 
Morning, Dan. Dan hey, bud. Hey, I uh, got a small bone to pick. I mean, I love your show, man. You guys are really a big part of my life. Uh-oh. Here it comes. Get season. to the butt. Get to the butt, Mo. Yeah. Okay. You actually made me write a limerick today because you keep picking Elway over Montana when Montana actually beat Elway twice in the big game. So, anyway, let me get to my limerick <laughs> before you guys set me up. Okay. All right. Here's Mo with his limerick. Is this uh, Joe Montana's better than John Elway limerick? Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. All right, Mo. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I don't understand how you have the audacity to put Joe Cool and Elway in the same capacity. I know it's your show, but even McLovin knows Elway never beat Joe in the big game. <laughs> All right. Big game massity. I was thinking of capacity and audacity and... Which, Super Bowl acidity. Was was that a was that a limerick? Seen was right. If he said it, 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 it didn't beat him in the big game acidity, then I think you could count it as a limerick. You can kiss my acidity. <laughs> I like you know what though, Mo gets a lot of credit for really getting the show. He's like, you know what, Dan, I'm so upset with you I had to write a limerick about it. He that's a fellow who really gets this show. Yeah, Paul. What if as a society we started settling our difference this way? I am so upset with you. I'm going to write a limerick and say it right to your face. Yeah. When Putin says to Biden, right. oh, you're going to question me on Ukraine? I've got a limerick here. Yeah. Yes, Todd. My love's when it's coarse. It's time for divorce. And you go from there. And, you know, sometimes there's certain things you got to get out there. And it's, uh, it's upsetting. But in a limerick, it's not so bad. Look, I, it's just my opinion on John Elway. Joe Montana had the greatest wide receiver of all time. That's all. I just I I I watched what and, and I'm not a Bronco fan. I just watched what Elway did. I watched what Montana did. Elway, I thought, did more with less than anybody I saw. His athleticism, I'm like people just forget how great Elway was. He had the strongest arm. He had athleticism. Drafted by the Yankees. I mean, he was he was. Mahomes before Mahomes. That's all. Love Joe. I've said to Joe on the show, <laughs> I thought Elway was a better quarterback. Poor Montana. McLevin calls him a system quarterback, and then I say, yeah, and I thought Elway was the best quarterback I ever saw. <laughs> Montana did show us those system rings. Yes, he did. Four system rings. All right, more phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Anything else that needs to be mentioned? Yes, Paul. One of my favorite Montana lines to you was you were asking about Brady and winning and losing Super Bowls, and he said something. He goes, Dan, I never lost a Super Bowl, so I have no frame of reference. And he said it not to be cocky, just as a fact, but the way he said it, we're like, boom, Seton I running around. Yeah, I don't know that feeling. I never lost a Super Bowl. (laughs) Oh, yes, Seton. It's a funny way of of just sort of skipping over because I didn't make it all those years. Oh, okay. Someone else's fault, I'm sure. No, you know what? LeBron always gets blamed for losing the NBA Finals. Jordan never gets blamed for all the other years that he didn't do anything in the playoffs. It's like, hey, he was 6-0. and oh. What did he do the other 10 years or whatever? <laughs> right. I don't know, but he won 6. And, yes, you're right. Because another way of saying that is those are all the years he failed to get wow. to the finals. Yeah. Failure. More often than not. <laughs> Just saying. Overrated. <laughs> 
I always love it when Fritzy will, whenever we say something about like Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan, and Fritzy goes, Yeah, I guess we're not going to get them on the show. I go, We weren't going to get them on the show anyway. <laughs> That's my excuse for yeah. not being able to deliver yeah. the big names there because you said that. That's All why. we do is talk nice about Michael Jordan and Tiger. And those are two exceptions right there. All right. We'll take a break. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Oh, it's amazing. Discover, my Discover card is being used up by uh, my daughters. It's on fire. Discover matching all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. There's no limit on how much you can earn. And it's amazing. You know, my daughters, they have poor memories because they always forget that they still have my credit card. It's uh, amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the United States taking credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I brought up to Seton earlier this morning. I said, have you heard of a band called Downtown Boys? And he said, yeah, we play them on the show. This is Downtown Boys. Yeah. But I said, I think the Downtown Boys did a rendition of Bruce Springsteen. Dancing in the Dark. Have you uh, ever heard that, Seton? I haven't, no. Okay. Yeah, Paulie. The Downtown Boys are a Providence, Rhode Island band that have been around since 2012 and are considered like a punk-ish band. Yeah. Can you find Dancing in the Dark with Springsteen, Downtown Boys, or am I just making that up? I, it will be ready to play in three, two, It took me a minute to re- recognize, like, oh, those are the lyrics. Yes. <laughs> it sounds great, though. Yeah. Awesome. I, I was listening to that yesterday, and I said, I wonder if Seton's heard of the Downtown Boys. Yeah, I'm pulling. Just to clarify, that was not Bruce Springsteen. That was not. Okay. Because we know how Bruce Springsteen sounds. All right. Come on now. <laughs> Bring it home. We all go home now. <laughs> the start of it sounds like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Just, yeah, yeah, those just, horns. Just the beginning part of that, and then the vocals come in, and it sounds nothing like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Uh, a couple of phone calls here. Uh, let's see. Laura in Los Angeles. Hi, Laura. What's on your mind? Hi, Laura. And the one thing that you did not mention was Bill Knight. I think the Nike Chief is an important part of the equation and um, obviously unlimited funds, unlimited use of private jets, oh, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the rumor that I've heard is Phil wants Chip back. Well, they did ask for permission, whether the rumor is true or not. Uh, I brought this up before any rumors came out. I thought Chip Kelly could be in play if Mario Cristobal leaves for Miami. But yeah, you always have to factor in Phil Knight. Because they do have unlimited resources there. 
Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind? What up, though? One time for chat row, two time for the backroom bros. Listen here, Dan. I'm just wondering. After this week events, are you considering yourself a college insider? First of all, we have you shaking up the Peach Bowl, asking him, can he pick it, if he's going to play, and his answer moved a lot. Second of all, will there be a picket rule? And he said, yeah, sure. By the end of the week, lo and behold, it's a picket rule. Dad, Patrick is, a, is an insider, and as far as everybody else out there is concerned about Jim Harbaugh, please, can I win a game? Can, can, we, can we get a national championship? Can we get a little bit of this going in Michigan before you take him away? I know he's a great coach, and he's being rumored all over the place. I just leave him alone for a second, y'all, please. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. I don't want to be a college insider. Yes, Seton. There are lots of college insiders right now tweeting. Uh, they were considering the rule before Pickett. Uh, nothing to do with Dan Patrick. <laughs> I'm sure it is. They were actually considering this long before. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. They, some of these insiders turned on me. <laughs> like, guys, easy. You know? Last I look, I got 35 years in this business. Some of you aren't even 35 years of age. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I do check with sources. But, you know, you just might. this is my job. My job is to, to uh, uh, inform this audience, entertain this audience. That's it. And if I get a you know a story or something like follow, then I let you know. I'm not trying to create headlines. I don't want to be a college insider. I just, if there's a story and I can tell you, I, I don't do this so other college insiders are going to, uh, you know, report what I have to say or not report. I only care about this audience. I don't care about, you know, all of these so-called experts here. Yeah, McClellan. I'm starting to learn the college insiders are more sensitive than even oh some of the other God. insiders. God. <laughs> because you broke in basketball, NFL, many times. Yes, but this is what we did on SportsCenter. I just, if there's a story, I try to follow the story. Not, boy, let me scoop somebody. I remember when I said, you know, the Tennessee recruits were getting paid in their McDonald's bags. And I had Tennessee insiders who were saying, uh, you don't even know what you're talking about. You're not close to the program. Okay. And what happened? Even the college football playoff committee. I, you know, they, they came down hard. You know, the insiders came down hard on me. Oh, there's no way that they're going to do this before 2025. Let's see how it plays out. They want to. They want to. They would like to have the playoffs start in 2023. I didn't say it's going to happen. I said they want to. And I had people say, oh, I've been in meetings. I'm in every meeting. If I told you my source on this, then everybody would shut up. Okay? Everybody said, oh, it can't happen. They can't break a contract. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So do you think I'm going to report something where I didn't realize, oh, my God, there's contracts there? Oh, they're going to have to break a contract? Oh, my God, they'll never do that. Not in college no, football. No, not with college athletics. Oh, Oklahoma, Texas to the SEC. It can't happen. Yes, it can. It did. But, oh, the insiders. <laughs> God. You go, if I told you my source on this, and everybody would shut up. They would. <laughs> they would. That's your source. <laughs> they'd go, okay, all right, I understand why you reported that. That's all. I'm not... Not, I don't want to do somebody else's job, not trying to embarrass anybody. My job is to serve this audience, and that's it. 
I don't need your, uh, you know, plaudits. I don't care. Okay? You live in your world, I live in mine. Let me get to Zach Levi. Are you sure? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I got to slow it down. Yes. Oh, more phone calls coming up. Uh, Zach Levi plays uh, NFL Hall of Famer Kurt Warner in the new biopic, American Underdog, which opens in theaters everywhere on Christmas. And the uh, great actor, Zachary Levi, joins us on the program. Do you know that we might be related? What? Yeah, it might be. How? Talk to me. Your last name is Pew. Yes. My last name's Pew. You're kidding me. No. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Wait, where, where did your, where did your uh, parents or grandparents, where do they, you know, uh, hearken from? Ohio. Ohio. Okay. Well, I mean, my, my dad was born in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. His, his dad was Minnesota-based. But that's, you know, that northern Midwest. I mean, you know, you go back a generation beyond that or two and that we could we could actually be from the same line and both handsome actors. So, I mean, that's really the evidence, right? I mean, forget the last name. It's look at the resemblance. Look at the the sexiness that we exude. But when I was growing up, you know, everybody made fun of that last name and you had to be really good because if you didn't, it's pew, you stink. And I remember I got to CNN, my first job, and my boss goes, you got to change your name. And I thought he meant my first name because I had already, you know, I was in my my late 20s. I had already, you know, suffered the slings and arrows of having the last name of Pew. And then all of a sudden he goes, no, your last name. And he said, take your middle name, which I'm assuming that's what you did. That's exactly what I did, dude. We we we've walked very similar paths. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, it, growing up with the last name Pew, uh, teased relentlessly, particularly when you get to like middle school, where everyone is just so horrible anyway. Um, and then, yeah, you know, it was interesting when I, because <clears throat> I always wanted to be the actor that I am now, ever since I was a little kid. And, but I'd always told myself, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change for Hollywood. I'm not going to bend for Hollywood. I, you know, genuinely. And, and I got down into Hollywood and then my agent told me, she was like, listen, you know, every time I make a phone call on your behalf, it's not, there's always a comment. It's not always necessarily derogatory, but there's always a comment. And I just want you to know that. And so then I thought and prayed on it real hard and then ultimately came to the same conclusion, which was if I just augmented my full name, I can still be me. I'm not changing who I am, but I'm, rebranding if you will you know within the confines of my actual name so well i have two guys in the back who are jewish and i had to break the news to them that i didn't think you were jewish and they go wait his name is zach levi can you confirm or deny that uh you're jewish I am not a Jew, but I, but, but I am an honorary member of the tribe, let me tell you. Okay. I've, re- I've read the child's role at Seder <laughs> half a dozen times. Uh, all, almost all of my representation are Jewish. Uh, no, I mean, listen, uh, it is definitely something that a lot of people confuse. I have, dis- I have broken the hearts of so many Jewish mothers <laughs> who were so happy to see me in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and were sliding into my DMs, literally like these Jewish moms, like, have I got the girl for you? And then they would... Then message me later after finding out the news, after having, you know, searched it, Googled it on, online. They're like, oh, my, my, my heart is broken, but you're still invited over for dinner. I'm like, OK. All right. So you get the script for the Kurt Warner story. What did yeah. you know about him prior to? I mean, you know, I, I knew a good bit or rather I knew what 
let's say most of us who were watching that story go down in real time knew. And there was a good bit in there. I mean, the bullet points were pretty profound. I mean, that's why all of us were so impressed by what we were witnessing. I mean, there was this incredible Cinderella story, obviously, of this guy who essentially comes out of nowhere uh, and that they rally around and, and play good football. They literally did just that. And, and then, you know, that, you know, um, against the this this story that was coming out of he was, you know, stocking shelves in a grocery store not too long before that. And also, you know, being a person of faith and seeing his faith kind of manifest fest in that moment and I, that was very cool and connective so i knew a lot of those bits but like most of us i didn't know the real underlying foundation and 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 journey and ups and downs and struggles that he and brenda and the kids all kind of went through in order to get to that place and and really ultimately you know i think that that's what makes it all gives it all meaning. It gives it all purpose. It's what gave Kurt purpose. More than just this football, this dream he was chasing after, he found something that was even more worthy of his love, even more worthy of his, uh, you know, attention and focus. And lo and behold, he, he then goes and values this and beautiful thing, this beautiful woman and her, and her, and her children and the relationship. And then all of this dream that he had his whole life starts to reveal itself. And then in such an incredible way. And I think all of those things are very much intertwined. It's why it all makes it, you know, not just special, but also infinitely relatable. I think all of us have had these moments in our lives, no matter where we've been, where we, we have our supermarket moment. I mean, I worked at a car wash for a year and a half, just trying to be sitting in the seat right now talking to you. You know, it's this character building stuff. Also, I think everybody's had their version of scraping change out of their car doors to put gas in their tank. You know, th those are the types of things that I didn't know. I didn't know that about Kurt or Brenda or any of that, but it's what resonated with me the most for sure. Yeah, but you worked at a, a shirtless car wash. I think people should understand that. Like, I mean, come on. You got to give the people what they want, Dan. <laughs> but do you get, Shaz how often do you get, hey, Shazam? Oh, I mean, a good bit. I get, I get, hey, Chuck. Uh, I did this TV show, Chuck, a long time ago. Some people recognize me from that. A lot of people recognize me from Shazam. I'm sure now moving forward, there may be even some people that yell out, yo, what's, what's up, fake Kurt? Or whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Have you gone honestly, as Shazam I, I, to a Halloween party? Say what? Have you gone as Shazam to a Halloween party? No, no. That, I mean, listen, you know, maybe if it was a prank that we had set up, but that's like, it, you know, they're, they're you know, like how you don't wear the band shirt to the concert? Yeah. That's like the band wearing the band shirt to the band's own concert. Like, you can't. You just can't do that. Uh, there's the bagging the groceries thing that I think everybody thinks of when they think of Kurt Warner with the, you know, the journey there. I love the, uh, the story. He told this about 10 years ago to us, that he got bit by a spider on his honeymoon. Oh, yeah. And it affected his tryout with the Bears. With and the Bears, yeah. Yeah, he told me that story. I was like, I, this is crazy. I mean, again, all the different ways that his his journey, his life could have gone. You know, what what if what if he actually was able to step up in that moment when he when he had the look with the Packers? You know, he, maybe they kept him on as a third stringer. I mean, what if he was behind Favre for all those years and never would have got any play? And all of a sudden, because he didn't end up with the Packers, he ends up and then almost gets a shot with the Bears and doesn't, and then is with the Rams. And then he's sitting there and he's waiting, you know, he's biting his time and he's and he's but waiting for his moment and then that was insane zach if he went to the bears there would have been no kurt warner movie just letting you know yeah there uh, wouldn't have well been. there'd be no super bowls there'd be no hall of fame it's about the bears not kurt that it would have probably ended quickly 
And yeah, yeah, and you. Yeah, went- those were those were some thin years for Chicago. We're we're still in some thin years for Chicago, unfortunately. Okay, but. more important to look like Kurt Warner, act like Kurt Warner, or to throw like Kurt Warner. The simple answer is yes. Uh, all of the above. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, obviously. I think, you know, part of part of uh, your as an actor, part of your initial ability to be believable to an audience is do you even look anywhere close to who this person is? I feel like we did that pretty good. Um, I feel like um, I feel like Kurt and I, particularly the more we've even got to know each other, the more we realize that while we are obviously still very different people, we, we, we have a lot of similar DNA. We share a lot of similar things in how we uh, see the world and interact with the world and how we want to treat people and the things we care about. And um, so that really was helpful in kind of finding his essence and absorbing kind of more of who he was. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a great quarterback coach and uh, my friend Clint Dolazell, who also played some, you know, obviously college, played arena against Kurt and then uh, actually got drafted by the Bears and was there for a hot second. Uh, did not have the storied career that Kurt had, but I had about two months of this quarterback, you know, crash course uh, and really did everything I could to not just, you know, obviously, you know, try to throw as as good a ball as I could throw. And I do, I feel like I got down, I could throw some dimes here and there for sure, but really getting into the headspace of what it means to be a quarterback and really understand, you know, how to lead your team in the huddle, under center, read your uh, read your receivers and their coverage. You know, try not to telegraph to the the coverage which receiver you're trying to throw to. Um, all of that stuff is is very pertinent if you're trying to bring a sports movie uh, as realistically as you can to an audience. And I and I feel like with all of that done, and, and look, I mean, I also had incredible doubles who played a lot of football growing up and could throw dimes far more consistently than me and took, like I took some hits, but I took the hits that I could take where I wouldn't break, I wouldn't break and break not be able to and, continue doing, you know, shooting the film. And I had a, you know, a double that like literally his whole job was like, all right, bud, you're going <laughs> in and linebacker, boom, just taking him out. So, so it's a, it's a, it's a a village you know to, to bring it all to life but all the pieces are there your favorite sports movie is what oh man um you know i honestly i think field of dreams is probably my favorite sports movie not it's not my favorite real life sports movie uh but it's i think all in all i just there's something about it that's just so profound and uh, and I love, like, it's one of Costner's best roles. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just wonderful. Hey, congrats. Great to talk to you. We appreciate you uh, joining us. And let's do it again. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to meet you, man. That's Zach Levi. We're not related. And he's not Jewish. He was a fun interview. We would have taken him on the team. Yes, you would. Super cool. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. And the Kurt Warner story, it uh, comes out on Christmas Day. We'll take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store for Monday. Back after this, the Dan Patrick Show. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than right now because this week our friends at Simply Safe giving Dan Patrick Show listeners early access to all their holiday deals, 40% off their award-winning home security. Simply Safe is great. There's so many things to talk about. They're going to make your home safe, indoor, outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. It was named Best Home Security System of 2021 by U.S. News and World Report. Customize that system, have everything delivered right to your door. Simply Safe's biggest discount of the year. You can get 
get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. No long-term contracts, no commitments, no hidden fees, no pushy salespeople. You get peace of mind. Take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday deal and by being a DP Show listener, get 40% off your new home security system. Just have to go to simplysafedan.com. Simplysafedan.com for 40% off your entire system. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Close up shop as we always do on Friday with Arcade Fire to the memory of Demarius Thomas, a great wide receiver passing away at the age of 33, set to turn 34 on Christmas Day. Oh, shepherd's pie today, and man, is it good! It's cold weather. The steam is coming off the shepherd's pie. We got a fire going on out there. It's good. Who has it better than us? Nobody. Nobody. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store on Monday, the games this weekend. Cincinnati is going to host San Francisco. Buffalo at Tampa. What's the line on that? Feels like Tampa is only a, like a four-point, three-point favor. Does that sound about right? Uh, Rams will be at Arizona Monday night. Vegas at Kansas City. Giants at the Chargers. Yes, Pauling. Bucks are giving three and a half to the Bills. Packers giving 12 and a half to the Bears. San Francisco is a slight favorite over the Bengals. Mm. It's kinda, is that a little surprising? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. What, Cincinnati at home? They've San- been inconsistent, though. You well, know, San Francisco kind of inconsistent. Yes, McLovin. Does it feel like the Bills, the way they play, may, might match up better with the Bucks than they do against a team that's going to run them out of the game? Yeah, it feels like they might be better suited to win that game against Tampa in Tampa, which sounds crazy. Final results of the poll question, McLovin. Okay, if you're Chip Kelly, would you rather go to UCLA or Oregon? 64% say Oregon. All right. I don't know if UCLA wants to keep him and at what price. They went 8-4. and four. Feels like there's momentum, but I don't know what's in Chip's mind there. Reagan in Florida. Hey, Reagan, what's on your mind today? 66200. All right. Hey, so I gather you're getting some grief from these herbs trying to break stories, but I have a, I have a story that will send you off to the weekend on a positive note. I'm sitting here. I got you on in the background. My buddy comes over. He's 21. He looks at the screen and goes, oh, my gosh, it's the guy from the movies. And I kind of look at him, and I go, is that all you know him from? And he looks at me, stone cold serious, and goes, is he a sports guy? And I went, oh, dear Ben. Oh, dear Ben. And then, and then the kicker was, he goes, oh, man, I would recognize that voice anywhere. So to you, handing out Super Bowl trophies, football night in America, means nothing to him. Years at the mothership, nothing. You're nothing but just a very talented desvian. 
and a great voice. Well, thank you. Thank you, Reagan. I appreciate that. You know, finally recognized for my acting ability. Yes, McLovin. Did you say in Ireland or somewhere you were going along and somebody pulled you aside because of Sandler movies? No, it wasn't a Sandler movie. It was the movie Basketball by the, uh, what was it, South Park guys? Is that the uh, guys? Uh, yeah. Trey and uh, Matt Parker. Yeah. And uh, I'm at a medieval dinner. <laughs> it was the theme. And uh, I'm sitting at the end of the table. My family's there. And the waitress comes up, and I couldn't. She had a heavy accent. She goes, I love you, basketball. <laughs> and I go, what? Basketball. And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, I loved you in basketball. And I go, you saw the movie Basketball? And she goes, yes. And I said, oh, it's the only time anybody has ever acknowledged that I was in that movie, Basketball. And I had to go to Dublin, Ireland. I'm big and I can't, you know what? I can't walk down the street. Yes, Todd. Not just that she saw you and she loved you in basketball. Yeah. She was basketball. all in. Well, I mean, I didn't look bad. You know, just kind of like my peak, my, my sports center peak years. Yeah, Paul. It's like a sports radio show in Dublin. Their favorite movie, not Hoosiers, basketball. Basketball. Like all time great basketball. sports. Basketball. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And I, I just watched that movie for the first time. And, and I'm in the movie with Kenny Mayne, Bob Costas, Al Michaels. I didn't even meet the South Park guys. I just, I did my scene or my scenes and then that was it. Yeah, McLovin. Did you like it? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird when you watch yourself. Like even doing this show or there's a clip of this show. I don't, I don't like watching or listening, but... Even in the movies, if it comes on, I'm like, all right, how was this? Is this any good? Yeah, all right, that's all right. But Sandler usually gives me a line or two that I know that it's usually a pretty good line. And, and so, therefore, my cameos. I wonder if you put all my scenes together of all the movies I've been in, does it reach 10 minutes? Because the, the scene and just go with it with – Anister, Aniston and Kid, Kidman, that one lasts a little bit longer. Maybe maybe 15 minutes of screen time in my acting career. Yes. He, TV, TV's Randall Morgan. Oh. He's got some airtime. Okay. Yeah. From, uh, That's My Boy. That's My Boy. Because there, there were so many, there were a bunch of scenes that you were in. Maybe maybe 20 minutes of airtime, screen time, as we like to say. Yes, Paul. The Aniston, Kidman, Patrick dance scene and Just Go With It. Yeah. I got that at three minutes and 30 seconds. Mm. That's a chunk. Hmm. It's gold. It's, it's cinematic gold is what it is. I'll yeah. never forget seeing you. Uh, I'm going to clean up the language a little bit, but you're turning and acting in this prison. You, I think you crapped his pants. Please tell me you got that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is what we're doing right now. This is amazing. I know. Yes, McClellan. And you got <laughs> Hubie Halloween. You're actually on screen for a long time. You're reading. You're listening, looking at your phone while the other guy is talking. But I appreciated Sandman letting me ad lib when I said, he's a human being, let him talk, you know. And, and Sandman let, let me leave it in there. Yes, he. I like when you're on uh, Apple TV or whatever and you go to rent the movie, yeah. the, the still image that's on there where it says, like, buy, rent, all of that yeah. stuff is you on your phone and Sandman all like, Todd, what'd you learn today? A healthy alternative to screaming or cursing when angry, take a deep breath and write a limerick. Uh, McLovin, what'd you learn? Zachary Levi, honorary Jew. 
<laughs> Satan? Yeah, 1% of you was very upset to find out Zachary Levi, not Jewish. Yeah. He could have been part of the tribe that I'm a part of by 1%. Paulie? Rail and the king for a few more days. What we learned brought to you by the GLA, the compact GLA, Mercedes-Benz. It's not the uh, size of the uh, fight. It's, uh, it's the, uh, not the size of the SUV in the fight. Size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more. MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Have a great weekend. Talk to you Monday. One more item as we close out the show and send you into the weekend. Hey, by the way, this weekend, maybe take a test drive. Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. I've been talking about these vans. They're awesome. You want to tour around the country. You know, there's 423 national park sites. Maybe you can build a mountain cabin with your dad. You know, whatever you can dream up, you can use that Sprinter van. Every Sprinter, expertly engineered and it's a blank canvas. It can be customized. The perfect van for whatever you want to do. Also, Mercedes-Benz van that we're talking about. So you can expect innovative safety features. They have the uh, crosswind assist, blind spot assist, active brake assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with that MBUX voice command system. They have five-star dealer network available with the gas engine and it runs like a dream so what do you say head to the mercedes-benz van dealership and get that sprinter van and tell them your dream sent you